Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. One of your storytelling songs is the North Dakota Cowboy. Speaking of things that are unique to this place that you write about so much on this album, but also, you know, perhaps approaching extinction of sorts. I don't know, you know, how many cowboys are there up there? 
Well, there are there are cowboys in the Lyle Lovett song. He always introduces it by saying the cowboys in North Dakota wear baseball caps. Yeah, they're not from Texas, right? That's how you tell they're not from Texas. Right. There aren't a lot of cowboys left up there, but even the character in this song, he wasn't a true cowboy either. He just had the soul of a cowboy. He was romantic. So the songs you selected to talk about on this show uniquely don't really have a chorus, any of them, although there are songs with choruses on the album, but I kind of like that because it's like this storytelling verse after verse after verse. This one sort of has this chorus of you singing in your beautiful crystalline voice, this yee-dee-dee-dee-dee kind of phrasing. Kind of a yodel. Is, it's kind of a yodel, right? Which I, mean, I imagine occurs up there in North Dakota, Minnesota. Yodeling. That's a good question. I mean, it was something I, I learned to actually yodel. I mean, the 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 thing in that song is just, that's all it does. It doesn't crack or anything, but and there must be yodelers up there. You know, I learned to really yodel, sing the lovesick blues and Jimmy Rogers songs and things like that when I was 15, 16. Popular art forms up there were like polka. You could turn on the TV on Saturday night and there was like a TV show with people polka dancing. <laughs> and then on Sunday, there was a radio show that just played polka all day. German and, and Norwegian and Polish polkas. That generation of people that watch that stuff, they're gone. But it was there. You pointed out something I hadn't thought of. You don't crack in the EDD. It's not a yodel. And that is more maybe of a polka or a different kind of expression. I'm always interested in these non-word words that songwriters put into songs and you actually like make it a chorus here of sorts. That was a weird thing because I call it a yodel because that's about the closest thing that it is. But that was one thing that just came out of the ether. Like I was writing this story about this friend. I don't know where that came from, but I just started singing it. So maybe he sent it to me, you know? It just, it just showed up. You knew this North Dakota cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. That song's about a friend that I used to have. And, um, I don't talk candidly about it very, very often because I guess it's kind of a tender topic. He was just a guy that I knew and he's gone now. He died young. In a way, he was always kind of a legend to me, even when he was alive and he's kind of turned... He's kind of turned into more of a legend the older I get because, you know, I think about him now and I think he'd be proud of me because he was a musician and a fan of music. Maybe the biggest music fan I've ever known. And I think he would look at me now and think he'd be probably be pretty impressed or proud. But also I'm over a decade older than he he was. So I've like surpassed him, you know, by 15 years. That's really weird. His eyes were green as Norway pines. I love that simile. Yeah, he was quite beautiful. Because that's a deep green, I imagine. Probably also a bit of an exaggeration. Well, that's songwriter's license, right? You're allowed to do that. Yeah, you're allowed to be to paint something a little brighter, maybe, than it would be. Yeah, I imagine the rusty yellow Ford at the end of that verse as being probably brighter yellow than it probably was if it was rusty. You know, apparently, and I've talked to other mutual friends about him and his car, um, it was a Ford Maverick. It was a 70s Ford Maverick. And 
I remembered it as being kind of yellow, pale yellow and rusty. But my friend told me right after I wrote it, he's like, he would take issue with you saying it was rusty because it wasn't rusty at all. He babied that car. (laughs) But in my memory, you know, when I was 17, 18, like the car was rusty. So that's just what happens with time. You forget, you know, you forget what things were really like. Yeah, your memory makes them look different than they actually were if you looked at a picture of them and like eyes that are green as Norway pines and a rusty yellow Ford. In that, in a way, that's like a young girl's image of of this guy that she liked, you know, like he had these beautiful sparkling green eyes, you know, and, but if you, if you saw them, I mean, you would definitely see that if you saw a picture of him, but you might not think they were as vibrant as I thought they were. So you had a crush on this cowboy. Sure. (laughs) Okay. You admit it. Okay. Yeah, of course. Of course I did. And we were friends, you know. Right. Well, you say, and this line really kind of like haunts me a little bit. He'd never put a hand on me, though I know he loved me so. It's almost like you wanted him to put a hand on you, but there was this this boundary (laughs) of respect and maybe an age difference or something in there. There was an age difference. And I'll also say that I took a little bit of creative license with that line, too. He did like me. He did like me. And uh, he took me to shows and came to my shows. And I look back and I think I should have just, you know, maybe run away with him or something. You know, I just was into my dumb high school stuff and didn't maybe see the connection for what it was. Who knows how that might have worked out. So Graham Parsons on the AM dial, what what song were you thinking about there from Graham? Uh, not specifically any song, except maybe maybe the return of the Grievous Angel, because my friend that I wrote this song about was the person that introduced me to Graham Parsons' music. He used to give me cassette tapes. And the first time I ever heard Graham was on one of his tapes. Kind of blew my mind. It was this weird kind of hippie country. I'd only been exposed to pretty straight country country up to that point. And I remember the tape cut off in the middle of Grievous Angel. And then it it continued on the other side of the tape, which is, if you think about it, like that's to me like, the song from that Graham album, but it would cut off and then I would flip it over and hear the rest of the song. But what a song really made an impression on me. Well, that line just captures a setting for me. Graham Parsons on the AM radio, smoking with the windows down. You listen to the AM radio in the 1970s. It was all you could get like signal wise in these remote parts of, of America. You know, FM signal didn't penetrate there. There may be one or two FM stations you could pick up, but you could get like five AM stations and people smoked if they smoked, like, you know, they just smoked openly kind of everywhere they went, you know, in their cars and in, in, in rooms. And, it, you know, we didn't have this whole secondhand smoke thing and didn't realize the dangers of, of smoke as much as we do now. And, and the, the change that occurred in our societies, so it's like that sets a place for me. Well, it is kind of a little bit fantasy in that little moment in that song, which is the last verse where I'm back in Fargo. I'm kind of um, thinking maybe that I'll see him, even though I know I won't. It's a bit of an inside story because, you know, he smoked and he listened to Graham Parsons. And I think part of me took that from him. Like, I keep that with me. I don't smoke, but I kind of imagine myself smoking in that song and 
it being cold and having the window down a little bit. And it's a time warp is what it is. Well, the Marlboro Man was a cowboy, right? You know, that was that was the logo they used to to pitch people on starting smoking. Yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, and if if anybody ever made smoking look cool, it was him. The North Dakota cowboy, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely had a James Dean vibe about him. That's very romantic. Yeah, it is very romantic. I think that's what he would do. He'd be going through Fargo and smoking, but I feel like I also kind of carry that, I guess, that sort of fiery spirit that he had. I'll never forget it. One of the things I love about the songs you've chosen to talk about here on Backstory Song um, is that you didn't pick songs with natural lyrical breaks, but instead you use instruments to create the breaks. And this song has this wonderful break of you finger picking and the fiddle player. And um, your finger picking style is like amazing to listen to. I mean, you are the triple threat. You can sing, you can finger pick, and you can songwrite. You, you are the combination of everything we love on this show. Oh, thank you. So tell me what went into that, that break and like. So the. Finger picking rhythm is me, and the beautiful acoustic guitar lead is Robbie Folks, who produced the album. Grammy nominated Robbie Folks. Yeah, right? yeah, um, and my friend. So he played a few leads. I got I coerced him into playing a few leads on this and singing on this album. He was one of the people that pushed me to record this song. He felt it strongly, and I trust Robbie's intuition completely. So anything he likes, I'll, I'll take at least take a second look at it. It's nice to have that songwriter, a singer, producer relationship. And, and, you know, I guess you guys really connected on this beautiful album. It'd be an understatement to say that I'm blessed that he wanted to do it because it had to be someone. It had to be Robbie because he understood. He understands the, the depth of the songs and he climbed inside the songs and he thought about the songs. He really did his research and he got pretty emotionally connected to the songs. I think that's pretty rare. Not just any producer could do that. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 